Come on, stand to your feet and turn to Hebrews while you're standing. Uh, chapter number five. Uh, Hebrews chapter number five. I almost said the gospel of Hebrews. It's not any such thing of the gospel of Hebrews, but it is good news. It's Hebrews. The gospel means good news. So, so we're going we're gonna to read uh, Hebrews chapter number 12, and then we're going to go from uh, verses 12. Uh, and then we're going to go to Hebrews 6. We're going to continue on to Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to read the first couple of verses in that particular chapter. Uh, when you arrive, you can say amen. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Verse chapter 6, verse 1. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection or maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God and of the, of the doctrine of baptisms or of laying on of hands or the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. Let's pray. Father, what an awesome privilege once again, Lord, we have as your children, those who have been redeemed. Father, we come, Father God, to gather around your word. This is the moment, God, when we uh, gather our hearts, we gather our, all of our attention, Lord, and, and we look to you. Father, not to me, but we look to you. We together, we as one, look to you to speak to us. And so, Father, our hearts are ready this morning. Father, give us insight, revelation, so that we can be transformed. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father God, I pray that everything will be brought into check right now. And Father, I pray that the hearts of your people will be made ready even as I prepare to launch this word. And Father, this word is a word, Father, that I believe deeply is inspired of the Holy Ghost. And so, Father, demonstrate that today and let your people, let your people hear. Father, I pray that ears will be wide open today, that the people of God will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church and God, you'll get the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in our God's presence. We're beginning a new series entitled Get Fit. And so throughout this series, we are going to be talking about those areas in our lives that we need to shore up so that we can run hard, fast, and long for God. How many love running for God? Amen? Uh, the other day, I had an opportunity. I was, uh, I was in San Francisco, and, uh, and I brought back a gentleman. And he was somewhere in the neighborhood, as far as his weight was concerned, he was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 350, 60 pounds. Uh, and uh, we developed a very, very good rapport. Uh, we started uh, talking and sharing. In fact, I started talking about matters of faith. And so we had an opportunity to do that. And then I, I noticed that as we were um, going about, and, and, and let me remind you, we had uh, we had established a real good rapport. I mean, to the point that we're starting to joke around a little bit. And, uh, and I noticed, though, that whenever we would walk about maybe 5, 10, 15, 20 yards, that he was kind of losing his breath. Uh, and, and, and I kind of joked with him. I said, man, you need, to, you need to get in some shape. You know, you need to, you need to you know, get yourself together, man. And he said, boy, don't you mess with me. And uh, no, he's talking to me, and I got, you know, you know handcuffs on when he's talking. So, so, uh, uh, so. One of the things, as, as, it is, as it relates to our physical being, we understand that, that when we're not in shape, you know, you get tired real quick, right? Uh, when you're not in shape, uh, you don't want to do a whole lot. And when you're not in shape, you're prohibited a lot of times from doing a whole lot. So it is in the spirit realm. When we're not in shape, 
in our spirit man, the way that we should be, we can't run as far and as hard as we need to or God would want us to run because we are prohibitive. And so we want to look at these areas in our lives. I'm going to be sharing some things with you within the next few weeks that's going to help us to get fit. I mean, know that this is a time when people like to put on their bathing suits and people like to go to the beach and like to flex their muscles and show their stuff off. How many know we need to show our stuff off for God? Amen. We need to be a show off for him. And so today we're going to talk about a subject that motivates me more than anything else. You know me that I am a man who is committed to spiritual growth. That's the subject that we're going to be talking about today. As many of you know that when I first began this church, that we call it Foundation Church for a reason. Because how many know a good foundation is important to spiritual growth? You have to have a good foundation. And so we so there was just, just this passion and this deep desire to see the people of God. Nothing gets me more excited than to see somebody come to Christ who knew nothing about the Bible, knew nothing about really about matters of faith, and see them go from one point to the other, to see them grow, to see them mature to the place where they teach others, to the place where they can sit down and have an intellectual conversation about matters of faith because they have been equipped. There's nothing that gets me more excited than to see people of God who are running hard and running fast for God with no regrets. Nothing motivates me more. So when we talk about this issue of spiritual maturity, I have noticed some things over the years. And unfortunately, there are uh, some misunderstanding within the body of Christ about what maturity is. How many know that spiritual maturity is not about how much you know? Just because, you, you, know, you know, by the way, you can know as much Bible, you can know the Bible from front to cover. You can know every job. You can know every tittle. But, you know, the, this, this thing is about not just information, but what? Transformation. So if you're not being transformed by what you know, then what you know is really do, not doing you any good. You, in fact, the Bible says that knowledge does what? Puffs up. And you ever known a Christian who, who a, a so-called Christian who knows a lot of book? But when you check out their life, you're like, where's the beef? Where is the substance? So we're talking about today, how I many know we want substance? Y'all got to help me in here. We, we want substance as believers. We don't want cream puff believers who just know scripture, that just come and I just want to gain knowledge. You know, the Bible said the devil knows scripture. <laughs> he ain't no mature Christian. <laughs> just because you know scripture, and listen to me, hear me well. You got you to you listen to me very carefully today because I'm going to say some things, and if you don't follow me, you'll misunderstand some things. So I need you to really listen carefully to me. But, you know, you can come to church, and you can sit in the church week by week and not ever grow in the Lord. You can be saved for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and still struggle with the elementary things of the faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, that, that, that God's desire is to conform, everybody say conform, to conform us to the image of Christ. So then, we know that we are maturing in the faith when our life looks more and more like Christ. The more we look like Christ, you know there's a script in the book of Acts when the Bible said the disciples, after Jesus had left, the Bible says all the folks who were witnesses to the disciples, they said they had took note that they had been with Jesus. Jesus was already gone. How did they know they had been with Jesus? Because they act like him. Amen. They talk like him. Everything about their life had demonstrated, oh, oh, you are one of them. How many know we need to be called one of them? Amen. We need to be called people that, that really have been transformed. You see, spiritual growth begins with understanding that it is about transformation. 
If you come at this thing in any other way, if you come at it with some other mindset other than, God, I want to be changed. How many of you read your Bible and you're reading it because I really want this to change my life? It's not about just reading to win an argument. The Bible, Paul describes the Corinthians, Paul said to the Corinthian church, he says, we are like, like written epistles, read of men. Read. People need to look at your life. The power is not in what you know. The power is in what you do. In fact, James said this, be ye hearers of the words, be ye doers of the words, and not hearers only. Why? Because when you're simply a hearer of the word and you're not a doer of the word, you deceive yourself. I mean, no, there's a deception in the body of Christ today. Uh, the gospel of materialism is alive and well. We've really seen the church relegate being blessed and growing in maturity when, when they get things from God. I, listen, you've heard me say this over and over and over again. I'll say it again today. God don't have a problem with you having things. God have a problem with the things having you. And watch this. We, we in a church can't be, listen, listen, we bring these kind of mindsets into the kingdom of God where we want to use God to access what we want. See, God is here. How many know that that ain't the way it's supposed to be in the kingdom? It's not, how many know, we, we, listen to me. We're not called to be users of God, but lovers of God. How many know there's a big difference? See, many people want what's on the master's table, but they don't really want the master. See, we're talking today about transformation. Let's jump on in. Look at, if you will, jump on over. We're going to talk about three points today, and then I'll be out of your way. Three points I want to talk about today. Number one, the importance of self-denial as it relates to spiritual growth. Write that down if you can, or memorize it. Put it in your bank. Speak it into Siri, your iPad, your iPhone, whatever. We're going to talk about, number two, the importance of understanding that God expects growth. Mm. Number three, we're going to talk about the importance of other believers in your spiritual growth. And let's look at the first one, the importance of self-denial. Now, I want to take a little bit of time with this one. Because if Christians, if this is never drilled into you, if you never really catch this principle, it is next to impossible for you really to grow and mature in the faith. Because how many know that you respond in life based to how you process information? Are you with me? Are you, gotta, you, are you thinking with me this morning? You see, you respond in life based on how you understand things, how you process things. So look at this. Now, how many of you love the Apostle Paul? Apostle Paul, man, Apostle Paul was a man's man in the realm of the spirit. Uh, this guy was educated. He was smart. He was intellectual. Paul could debate with the best of them. Paul could, I mean, Paul was a man of God that had it all together. But when you begin to really look into the mindset of Paul and to saw how this man was deeply transformed, you got to look at Philippians chapter number two, because Philippians chapter number two gives you some insight into what caused Paul to cast it, listen, to shoot like a rocket in the things of God. Look at Philippians chapter two, verses eight and ten. Uh, when you get there, say amen. I want you all to read a little bit this morning. Are you there? Come on, church. Help me. Are you there? There you go. That's what I like to hear. Yet indeed. Look at verse number eight. This is the Paul talking. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost. Everybody say all things. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. All right, now get that into your soul. Paul said, watch this. He says, he says, I count everything, everything but rubbish that I may gain Christ. Let me tell you something. Paul gave up the world, and he gave it up without tears. <laughs> because he realized who this Christ was. And so when he came into this thing, he gave it all up. He said, when I look at the person of Christ, nothing else matters to me more than knowing and being like him. Now let me, let me further state this. 
Verse number nine. He said, I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, that the righteousness which is found by God by faith, from God by faith, that I may know him. Here it is right here. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship. Everybody say fellowship. Of his suffering, being conformed. Everybody say conformed to his death. Now understand something. Paul wasn't merely saying that he just wanted to know for knowledge's sake. Amen. Paul said, I want to be conformed. In other words, I want to fellowship with his suffering. How many of you deep Christians here love that? Paul said, I want to be conformed even unto his death. Paul looked at this thing with the eyes of, I want to be like Jesus. How many know that a true disciple, if you came into the faith and this was never, ever explained to you, you know your foundation got some cracks. Look at, look at neighbors here. We're going to sure them up today. <laughs> we're going to sure up your foundation today because why? We're talking about spiritual growth. And you can't grow spiritually until you do what? Deny yourself. Everybody say deny yourself. Now look at this. Verse Luke chapter 9, verse 33. You're still with me? Say amen. amen. If any man will come after me, let him first, let, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Wow. Well, wait a minute, Jesus. I, I mean, I, I really came to you because I want you to make my life better. Uh, Jesus, I really, I really came to you, Jesus, because they, they, they told me if, 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 if I just trust you, that you'll give me some stuff. I want you to understand what he says. He says, if any man will come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. How many know that the cross ain't always easy? In fact, the cross ain't easy. Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse number 1. You don't have to turn there, but you can write it down. The Bible talks there about you have, been, you, you have died. The Bible says, since you then have been raised with Christ, watch this, you have died. Everybody say, you're dead. Yeah. See, when you came to Christ, how many know you just got to die? It ain't about, listen to me, we can't be like, hey, you know, I want to hold on to some of this, and I want to hold on to Christianity too. How many know you got to be hot or you got to be what? You got to be one or the other. Because we're never going to advance spiritually until we go all in. Everybody say all in. You got to go all in with Jesus. You got to go all in. And so when I so listen, so when we come to the kingdom of God, we must understand that my life now is rooted in what he wants and not what I want. How many know that ain't popular today? Come on, preach back to me. That's not popular. You don't hear that today. But, 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 the, but the Bible said, Jesus, if you're going to follow me, you got to deny yourself. Everything else in the book, go read, read, read the Christian bookstore. Go look on the shelf, see the top books that are selling. They're all talking about how you can be happy, how you can be blessed, how you can get this, how you can get that. And, and, God, and God loves that. God will bless you. But, but when are the people of God going to be satisfied with Jesus? Only. Can you be satisfied with him alone? How many know if God did nothing else in your life, nothing else, he blessed you far more than you deserve? If God took everything from me today, if God just took everything, I mean, everything, he don't have to do, he blessed me far more than I deserve. Do I have another witness in the house? He, he, he's blessed me. I mean, he's done more and exceedingly and abundantly above all I could ever ask or think. He's been good to me, amen, and he has been good to you. So he says in this next part, he's in another verse in Matthew 16, 25. For whoever desires to save his life, watch this, will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, watch this, will find it. So you know nothing, you know what makes a Christian really, really frustrated? Is a Christian who's still trying to hold on to that old life. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? The, the old way of thinking. 
the old mindset, the mindset that clashes with the world. Let me tell you something. When we, when, when we are at a place where we are still trying to hold on to those things that we know contradict what God's word says, let me tell you something. You're going to be frustrated, mad, and angry. You're not going to be a very happy Christian. You're not going to be a very happy Christian. Let me tell you something. You want to really be happy? Jesus says, you want to find your life? How many of you want to find your life? How many of you want to find your life? Raise your hand. Come on. How many of you want to find Lose it. Get rid of it. Say, Lord, you know what? I mean, I don't understand anyway. How many know that, that I don't want no part of that old life anyway? If that got any witness in and out, you know what you were before God saved you. Why do you want to go back to that? Oh, come on, church. How about we? Uh, look, 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 I've been saved. I've been redeemed from all. I don't want no parts of that. But if I understand that I want to grow spiritually, I got to understand that spiritual growth, under, uh, it starts with denying yourself. 2 Timothy 2.4, I love this verse. says that no one engage in warfare, watch this, entangled, everybody say entangles. Him, oh, come on, y'all not helping me. Entangles himself with the affairs of this, I'm reading the word. I'm not talking, I'm just reading the word. If you don't get excited about nothing else, get excited when I read the word. How about that? No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Now, I want you to understand something. Watch this. How many know that, that we're supposed to be pleasing somebody? We're called to please him. You know, one of the things that, 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 that they do when you get ready to go in the military, I've never been in the military, so, so for those, you know, they, they put you in a boot camp. And, and, you know, when they put you in a boot camp, you know, one of the things they do is they isolate you. They take you away from friends, family. They take you away from every and anything that's going to distract you. Can I get a witness of those in the middle of the Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know why they're going to do that? Because they're going to drill some stuff into you because they want you to do it the way that they want you to do it. They're going to change your mindset. They're going to cause you to be disciplined. And there'll be some days that you're going to wish that you never went to boot camp. Because they're going to ride you. They're going to ride you. They're going to test you. They're going to do everything. But why? Because there's a, there, it's like a violent extraction from what you're comfortable with. But this, this, this thing, though, sometimes it seems like when people come into the kingdom of God. Well, let me, let me put it this way. Imagine going into to boot camp and you tell the drill sergeant, say, uh, uh, I understand how y'all do things around here, but, but I don't like that, so we need to change that. I don't like the way that that's written. Uh, you know, we need to say, in fact, I think you're a little bit too hard on that guy right there. You need to, you need to ease up a little bit. Uh, you know, in fact, uh, I got, I've been thinking about this, and I wrote down some things, and I don't really agree with that. Uh, how far do you think that's going to get you in the military? No, nowhere. Oh, they're going to press it on you even harder. They're going to get on you. But we come into the kingdom. And it's like we develop these mindsets, like, like we know what God's word says, but I don't really like that. I don't really agree with that. Listen to me. Too many of God's people haven't been to spiritual boot camp yet. They never went to boot camp. They've never been isolated and had it drilled into them who they really are. Listen to me. It's not our job to try to change what is written. Our job is to simply obey it. That's it. We don't go asking no questions about, oh, I don't like this. How many of you like everything the Bible says? <laughs> and has the Bible said, when the Bible said, love your enemy, do you really love that scripture? No. The Bible said, do good to those that, that hurt you. You don't like that. The Bible says, forgive. You don't want to hear that. No, I ain't going to forgive them for what? Well, look what they did to me. But you know that you're supposed to learn that in spiritual boot camp. Those are the fundamentals of the faith. You got people that's been saved for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and they still asking the question, should I forgive? <laughs> you should have learned that in boot camp. You should have learned that a long time ago. But now we're asking the question now. We're still struggling with those things. But, but he says that no one going into war, here, here's the thing. He said, you don't get entangled. So they, they pull you away so you won't get entangled. How many know that too many of God's people just are entangled with the affairs of this life? I mean, just to be honest, you know, we're just entangled. We just got so much going on. And in one of the ways you know you're entangled is when somebody calls you on your sin, you get mad about it. 
It's my business between me and God. You know, when you're in the kingdom of God, we're the body of Christ. You know, when you sin, you know, really the way it's supposed to be. Uh, you know where it's supposed to be. If you sin, I have a right to call you. So what are you doing? You have a right to call me. This ain't no one. No, no. We have a right to hold each other accountable. It ain't no, well, I can do what I want. No, no, not up in here. No. If you are walking in willful sin and disobedience toward God, how do we know that, that we are supposed to hold one another accountable? We don't like that in today's vernacular. But that's scripture. I'm going to show it to you in a moment. Everybody say scripture. That's scripture. <laughs> so, so we have to build our life. We can't be so entangled that, that, that we lose our focus about who we are and what we're called to do. Luke 8, 14 through 15 says this. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who when they have heard, mm, Go out and are choked with the cares and the riches and the pleasures, watch this, of this life, and they bring forth no fruit to maturity. How many know we're talking about spiritual maturity? What's in your life that's keeping you from being all that God wants you to be? See, every person, you got to ask yourself that question. What is it in your life that is hindering you from becoming or from being transformed and being everything that God wants you to be. Because how many know that the care of this life is a lot of pleasures, right? Come on, church. There, there, there are so many pleasures. The whole world system is designed to get you drunk with pleasure. But, you know, when your pleasure begins to interfere with the mission that God has called you to, you've got too much pleasure. Jesus said this. He said, I got a baptism to be completed. And he said, I'm distressed until I accomplish it. Jesus, my number one mission is to do his work. Can you say that about yourself? My number one mission is to do his work, to do his will. How many know that we won't be really happy doing nothing else? Look at, uh, let's look at the second point. The importance of understanding that God expects growth, which brings us to Hebrews chapter number five. Start in verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, see, you ought to be teachers. How many know that it comes a point in time that as a Christian, you ought to be a teacher? You don't have to be standing up here doing it the way I do it. But you know that every one of us are supposed to be growing enough that we are mentoring and teaching somebody. How many know whether you're a teacher officially or not, you are teaching something. You are sending messages. You hear me? We all are sending messages. He said, for, by, for, he said, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, watch this, you need someone to teach you again. Everybody say again. again. The first principles. He said, you ought to be a place where, you know, that, that you're teaching others, that you are a mentor. Here's what he's saying to the, to the Hebrews, the writer is saying, uh, uh, to the Jews. He's saying, you ought to be a mentor. You ought to be a person that other people come to look up to. Hey, you know what? I, I need some spiritual direction. Can you help me? Hey, you know what? I'm struggling with my marriage. Can, can you help me? You know, I'm struggling with this relational problem or, or I got this financial problem or, or, or whatever the case might be. How many know that we ought to be able to sit down with people and explain to them the oracles of God? Every Christian. If you're a Christian here today, you should be able to listen to me. If you've been saved for a minute, you should be able to sit down with somebody and walk them through what the word of God says and lead them to Christ. Amen. Listen to me. And with confidence. Not what a pastor, what pastors say. Pastor may not be available. John may not be available. Susie may not be available. How many know there comes a point in time that, that we're supposed to grow to the point that we become mentors and teachers of other people? Not just this kind of stuff where we just kind of come to church and occupy, occupy in the sense that, that we just, just, just wait until Jesus get back. I'm going to hang out, and I'm going to get my fire insurance. I'm good. I'm saved. I, I, I tell the Lord Jesus Christ, I said, save my life. And, you know, I'm good. And then what have you done after that? Paul said, after he got saved, he said, I labored more than they all. 
He said, I bear the marks of Jesus. He said, everything about my life, it, 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 it reeks the smell of Christ. He said, I got the marks and the bruises to prove it. I've been beaten, struck down. I've done all this for Christ. The question is, are we progressing? Let me know. This is a strong message, but can, are, you, are you seeing this okay? And nobody choking, right? This is Listen to me. Do you want truth or do you just want me to come in and just make you feel good? Okay, truth said, how many, how many, he said, y'all ought to, be, ought to be teachers. Everybody in here. Don't look at, but that's pastor's job. Or that's brother Sean's job. That's Diva's job. Or that's April. That's her job. She's supposed to be there. I ain't going to be no teacher. Where you get that kind of Christianity from? We're all supposed to be equipped. And if you're sitting here today, you're saying, if somebody came in and said, can you, can you help me and show me how to, how to walk this thing out? Can you sit there and say, you know what, I, I, can, I can do this. You know, because I've been growing. I've been progressing. That, you know, there's some things when God has changed me. Don't you see it? Let me show you how he changed me. See, this is where we all need to go. Now watch this. He said, for everyone who, verse 13, for everyone who partakes of, the, of only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's obeyed. But solid food, everybody say solid food, belong to those who are of full age, glory to God. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Therefore, look at verse number, uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Leaving the discussion of the elementary principle of Christ. See, so he said, at some point, come on church, y'all got to stay with me. At some point, we got to leave the elementary discussion. At some point, we got, this, we got the basics down. But how many know we need to move on further? We need to go deeper. Everybody say, deeper. He let us go on to perfection, maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. I mean, you know, look, there have been people that's been repenting from the same sin for 20 years. How I many know at some point there got to be a breakthrough? At some point, we got to stop saying the same, listen, the same sin, the same problem all the time. At some point, there got to be, you know what, a repentance from dead works. I got to get it out. I need to grow beyond that. Come on, church. We need to grow. We need to come to a place where, where, we, where we're really progressing, where we're saying to God, that God, I'm repenting and I'm moving on. Everybody say move on. We need to move on. Why? Because God got a great work for you. And you're, listen to me, you will go as far as you mature in God. I asked you the question at the beginning, how, far, how fast or how far do you want to run with God? You know, with God, it's all about that confirmation. It's all about that uh, conformity. It's all about that maturity. It's all about his character. The more of his character that is, that is uh, exemplified in your life, the more God's going to use you. The more you're going to have success. The more we're going to be able to have an impact. How many of you want to have an impact for God? We got to be like the Apostle Paul. We got to be like the Apostle Paul. We got to give it all up. Everybody say, give it all up. Look. First Peter said this, first Peter verses two, verses one and three says this. Therefore, laying aside all malice, <laughs> all deceit. How many know Christian, we gotta stop lying? No deceit. Christian, nobody do that here, I know. All deceit, and there are no hypocrites in the house. Amen. Amen. Uh, <laughs> envy. Nobody jealous of nobody. If you're blessed, hallelujah, thank God. Then mine's right around the corner. I'm happy for you. In fact, let me have some of your blessings. And all evil speaking, so he said, get rid of it. As newborn babies, watch this, listen to this, desire the milk of the word, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious. Now, now Peter is not saying that there comes, a, when we first become believers, that, that, that we're just supposed to, like newborn babies, just desire the milk of the word. Yes, that's true. But you know that, that you never stop desiring the milk of the word. You never stop how many, how many have tried to exhaust? I've been in this thing for 23 years. I cannot exhaust the word of God. I read the same scriptures over and over again. And I'm going to tell you that a lot of times I see stuff that I never saw before. And there's something about being with other believers. They show me stuff that I never saw before. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You can't exhaust the word of God. So listen to me. If we're going to grow and mature as believers, we have to always be like a newborn, hungry for the word of God. If you're not hungry for the word of God, then perhaps you're eating too much sweets, too much sugar, the sugar of the world. How many know the sugar of the world will take your appetite away from God? Y'all hear me? I ain't get. 
You know, you eat too much junk. You know how your kids eat a bunch of junk food? Kid, I don't want them. I don't want it. That's how a lot of Christians are, unfortunately. We've been eating too much junk, too much junk food. And you know what it does? It kills your appetite for the things of God. That's why it's so important to keep yourself flushed, dead center in the things of God. Keep yourself water in the things of God. Why? So that you won't let the junk food come in. How many know junk food is sneaking in your lunchbox? <laughs> yes, sir. Junk food will slip all up in your lunchbox before you know it, man. You're like, I don't want to go to church. You know, I'm just, I'm just you know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't want to go to church. Then there you know it. You look, open up the lunchbox, there's some junk waiting for you. Come on, eat this. And then you can't figure out, why am, why am I not... Uh, I, I don't love them like I should. I've said before, and let me say it again. We are as closest to him as we want to be. He said, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. How I mean, no, God never moves. Ain't that good? He says, I am the Lord. I change not. How I mean, no, he don't change. He's always there. All we got to do is just be consistent and stay with him, even when it gets hard. How I many know we got to stay with him? Lastly, the last point. We're going to talk about the importance of other believers for our spiritual growth. How many know we need one another to grow spiritually? Now, there are some people who come along the lines and they think this is an optional thing. This is optional. You ever heard somebody say, man, you know, I, I don't need church people. Other people in the church are hypocrites. Like you got exempt somehow. <laughs> like you ain't all the people. Like you ain't human flesh. Like what are you? I ain't, I ain't go there. But the hypocrites. Yeah, you go everywhere else where they're hypocrites, but for some reason you can't come to church when they're hypocrites. I don't understand that. That's what I call an excuse. Now, we need one another, but I want you to understand it's not just me saying that. There's a biblical uh, uh, mandate that you, listen to me, hear me. Uh, please, if you listen to me, say amen. You and I cannot grow to be what we should be because we have been designed to grow connected to the body. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, listen to me. And I'll give you a scripture verse here in a moment. But when I first came into the kingdom of God, I'll just use me as an example because I don't want to offend nobody else. I'll just talk about me. Okay. So when I came into the kingdom of God, one of the things that was so, so very important was that I had other like-minded believers that I was in with fellowship with. Let me tell you something. It's something about that that will settle you. It brings encouragement. It brings strength. Because how many know that the world is hard out there? And everything about the world is going to pull you. You know, through a day, if, if you don't discipline yourself and, and make sure that you're staying in the place where God can speak to you, the world will suck it all out of you. And it happens quick. But one of the ways I knew I, I, I grew so fast was I was just, I, I, I had other brothers and sisters in Christ who helped me. Man, and, and, and I love to come to church. I love to be in their presence. Why? Because I knew I was going to get something that was going to keep me where I needed to be. I need that. I need fellowship. And, and, and then I understood why, because it's the way God designed it. Now look at 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry, look at the Ephesians chapter number 4, verse 11 through 15. We're getting close to the end. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 15. You get there, say amen. Amen. And he gave some apostles, watch this, and he gave some to be prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Now I want you to understand something. Every time God talks about Spiritual growth, he always talks about it in the sense of community. Everybody say community. Every time God talks about growing in the spirit, it's all about community. How many of the apostle Paul, that he went around, he planted churches where there were believers that were expected to gather on a regular basis, right? Church in Corinth, the church in Ephesus, the church in Colossae, the church in Thessalonica. How many of these were all churches, all right? So they came together. And Paul says that God gave these uh, prophets. Now, 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 listen to me. He gave pastors, apostles, and, and teachers. Now, I want you to understand this. And hear me in the right way. Now, those who know me, you know what I mean by this. You won't take it the wrong way. But, but understand something. 
that as your pastor, I'm a gift to you from God. I'm your gift. That's right, in living color right here. Bam, there it is. (laughs) I'm your gift. Now, you need to understand that because this is the way that God grows the body. Well, I don't want nothing to do with no pastors, no teachers. You're contradicting. You're going against the grain. You're saying, God, what you've established, I don't want that. And, and listen to me. There are some folk, I don't need church people. I don't need to go. I can read the Bible all by myself. You ain't going to grow by yourself. Amen. You know, listen, you're going to grow when you get connected. How many know you find out where you are real quick when you get around other Christians? Because yeah. other Christians, will, they will test your faith. Ooh, like nobody else. Christians can work on each other. Come on, church. We can take boys. Talking about when the Christian. Boy, you know if you save enough, you can just stay around a little while around other believers. Let me tell you, we work each other. You have to have grace. Hallelujah. Everybody say grace. Now look, he said he gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipment of the saints, for the work of ministry. That's my job. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Watch this. Now listen how he uses the terminology. It's all in a plural sense. Now watch this. He's going to go from the plural to the singular. And I want you, I want you to see how he does that. So he said, for the equipment of the saints, in verse 12, for the work of ministry, then for the edifying of the body. Everybody say body. All right? That's many. Till we all come to the unity. Everybody say unity. See, till we all come, everybody say all, all come into the unity, okay, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect what? Man. Now he goes to singular. You got it? So we all grow together, and when we all grow together, it's going to produce a mature Christian. That means individually you. So individually, you need to be connected to the body. Everybody say, the body. Body. That's the way God designed it. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children, hear this, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Boy, this is big. How many know there's a lot of doctrine out there today? Doctrine means something to God. What you believe is critical that's why God gave pastors, teachers, hopefully they're the ones who are rooted and grounded in the word of God. How I many know what he's, what he's saying there, if we're not under the uh, uh, structure that God has put in place, that we're vulnerable to be tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. How I many know there's a whole lot of them out there? And, you know, you can always find a church for whatever you want to believe. Y'all hear what I'm saying? You know, if you don't like something about church, if you want it to be somewhere, you can find you a place that'll give you exactly what you want. It's out there. I'm telling you, the devil got all kinds of churches out there. Whatever church you want. The church of marijuana, he got it. Right down he, he Look it up. I never looked it up, but you, the church of marijuana, I bet it's out there. Somebody let me know that. Look it up. Church of marijuana, you know. You know, you call it whatever you want to call it. The devil will make sure you can, let me know if you're a seeker of truth. God will show you truth. But if you're just a person that want to be placated and get what you want, oh, you can find out there, I promise. The devil will make sure. You ain't going to have to look that far. Even in the little old town called Stafford County, Virginia, you can find whatever you want. It's out there. Like the ragu spaghetti is in there. It's out there. Look at this. Ephesians 4.16 says, watch this. For whom the whole body is joined and knit together, the whole body joining together by that which every joint what? Supply. Every joint. Every joint supply. The whole body joined and knit together. Everybody say together. See, see. so we need each other. That's what, that's what the Apostle Paul is showing there, that the body is supposed to function as one. We, we're, we're connected together. We're supplying together. We are working together. And when we work and supply together, then what happens is we grow together. That's the way God designed it. I say, I say all the time that God give us mountaintop experiences so that we can deal in the valley of life. The valley of life is where everybody else is. That's where all your trouble is. That's where all your hardships are. That's when you got to execute your, everything you've known about faith. That's the time you got to execute it. He said, by that which every joint supplies. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 21. He says, in the eye cannot say to the hand, 
I have no need of you. Let me know that. I want you to think about that for a moment. What if your eye, just think about your eye, your body, your eye telling your hand, I have no need of you. You might want to jump in that conversation and say, hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> no, no, I need you. I mean, know that you, you, you ever slammed this little finger in the door? Did you ever know why does this little finger hurt so bad? I mean, I mean I, the worst pain in the world is to slam your little finger in the door, and especially the pinky one, the smallest one. You think it ain't going to have that much of it? Boy, it make you cry. Make a grown man cry. Break you down on your knees. Because every part is important. See, we need each other. God made us interdependent. That's the way we work. That's according to his plan. That's according to his design. Now, if you operate on anything that's outside of his design, it ain't going to work the way that it should work. Y'all know that, right? You know that long, you, you, you know that. You cannot, if a car is designed to run on oil, you cannot put uh, a water in there in, in the oil thing and think the car is going to go far. It's going to blow up. I'm not a mechanic, but what would, Brother Edwin, uh, hey, what would happen if you put oil, if you put uh, water in the oil tank of a car? How far will you go? Because it ain't designed for that. <laughs> It ain't designed for that, right? It's that we're designed to grow together. So we need each other. We need to understand that that is critically important to the things of God. Then lastly, we're done. In conclusion, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this verse is a, is a powerful verse. He says, therefore, this is Hebrews 12, 1. He says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin that so easily ensnare us. Most of us know what the sin is that's causing us not to grow. But it's that weight thing. Because that weight thing is highly subjective, ain't it? Yeah? Because the Bible don't really say what that is. The weights, the weights are just things that, that, and activities and stuff that just kind of hold you down. You ever seen a runner? Every time you see a real runner, a true runner, I mean, you see me. You know, you can look at me right off the bat. You know I ain't no true runner. I mean, you look at me, it ain't, I ain't getting no second look. He's struggling. Look at him. <gasps> you know, you know, but you look, ever look at a true runner? They strip down everything, just about. And some of them got to a point, man, you know, I always think they're just showing off. But, you know, you ever see the guy walking, running down the road with the little short son and got all these abs and stuff, running down the road, running 10 miles, you know. Well, why do they do that? They take off all that stuff because they don't want nothing to hold them down. They don't want nothing to hold them down. See, they don't want no weight. It ain't that the weight is, a, is, is, is bad in and of itself. It's just right now, if I'm trying to run, I don't need no big old MP3 player on my side because it's too big. It's going to hold me down. I'll, y'all, y'all, talking about MP, y'all remember the big old MP, the, the big old tape, you know, the, the CD thing? Y'all don't remember that? You just put the CDs. I take the CDs. Yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah, yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so, we don't need to take out, you know, I don't need all that on me because, you know, the reason is because I got a race to run for God. See, I'm trying to go somewhere in God. And, and, and some of us, we just need to be honest and ask, us, what, what weights do I have on me that's holding me down? What's keeping me from being what I need to be in God? It may not even necessarily be sin. Just put the sin on the shelf for a moment. Just put that out there. But, but what is it that's keeping you from being all that you can be for God? See, it's not about just just pushing the envelope to see how far I can go with God before he spanks me. No, it's about thriving. It's about shooting up. It's about growing. It's about maturing. I'm going to end the sermon with this. Y'all know, um, everybody here know Brother Jacobs. Remember Brother Jacobs? Stephen Jacobs. Uh, For some of you who was here early on, Brother Jacobs is, is is a wonderful example because here was a man who I remember, if, he, if I showed you a picture of what he looked like the first time I saw him, I took a picture of him and his wife, they looked like sin. And I told him all the time, in fact, me and him, we looked at the picture, and it wasn't, hey, it wasn't bad, but you could look, man, they ain't, they ain't Brother Jacobs. But let me tell you about Brother Jacobs. Brother Jacobs came into our church, got saved, and was hungry for the word. I mean, y'all hear me say this. The brother would like text me all day long, ask me what this verse said. He lived in the Bible. See? He was hungry. Every time I turn around, he, hey, Pastor, I got a question for you. What, 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 
I mean, all the time. Sometimes it was 12 o'clock at midnight, I'm getting a text. What does this verse mean? I mean, all the time. Let me tell you something. This man has gone into a giant of the faith. And if you're his, if you ain't his friend on Facebook, request to be his friend. Now, if you don't want to hear no preaching, don't do it. Because he boy, the boy just, he, he is consumed. I mean, con, when I say consumed, he is consumed. He is growing to be a giant in the faith in a span of about three years. He know that book inside out, but not only that, folks, to hear me, he lived that book. He's in seminary right now. He forsaken all. I remember he, we had this conversation one night. We were both crying on the phone, talking about his life and how some people rejected. Some people thought, you know, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to be a preacher, you know. You can, you know, you don't get paid a lot of money to be a preacher, you know. And, and I remember he and I just kind of, you know, talking over the phone. And, you know, that brother, let me tell you something, he is shot up leaps and bounds. But I remember seeing him sit here just like you, right in that chair. Hungry. I remember having a conversation with him when I said, hey, brother, I need you to stand up and do a Bible study. He almost puked. Scared to death. You ask that brother that now, boy, you watch out. He will knock you down trying to get up front. Because he got substance. He know his stuff. More importantly, he lives it. There's a life that's been transformed. I mean, no, we need to all be that way, progressing. Every one of us, young, old, woman, boy, and girl. But we got to decide, I'm going to be a mature Christian. I'm going to grow up. Allow the Holy Spirit to begin to shave some things off your life that is holding you back. Be honest with God. Be honest. You know what? I, I got some things that I, I, that's holding me back. And begin to take the weight off so you can go faster. Because God has a wonderful plan for your life. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. Father, Thank you this morning, Lord, for your word this morning, God. We thank you so much that it's, your word is so rich. And God, your people are here today, God, because, Lord, we want to be transformed. We want to be different. We don't want to, Father, simply go through the motions. But, God, we, we understand today, God, even more than ever, that we are called to grow up, we're called to mature, we're called to put some things down. Some, Lord, some of us, Lord, have some attitudes that we've been battling with, the same attitudes we've had for years, we haven't gotten rid of them. Some of us, Lord God, we, we barely read our Bibles ever so often. And Lord God, and, and when we do, we're uncertain about it. Some of us, Lord God, have just, just been choked with the cares of this life. We just like having our own time and doing our own thing. And, and Lord, we've done it to the extent that we've hindered our ability to be able to be everything you want us to be. And God, we know that that's not an option for us. For our calling, Father, is to advance the cause of Christ in the earth. That is what we're called to do. And nothing else, everything else must take a back seat to that. Everything else. Because nothing is more important. You're sitting here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I, I, I'm there. I'm, I, I, need, I need help. I need prayer. Because I, I haven't grown. There have been things God's been dealing with me on. And I've resisted it. I've resisted growth. I've resisted maturing. In fact, I hold on to some attitudes and some ways that I know is wrong, but yet... I allow myself to go there. God, today, I want there to be a turning point. That's you this morning. You're saying, Lord God, I want to go further. I want to go deeper. And God, I'm ready to cast off the weights. I'm ready to cast off the sin. I'm ready to progress. If that's you this morning, and the Holy Spirit has spoken to you, and you need an extra jolt of prayer to get you through and help you to move to the next side, move on over to the next level, I want to invite you to come on up this morning. Come on up and we'll pray with you, pray for you, we'll come in agreement with you. This is not something that we're trying to do to embarrass anybody. This is about, this is about us becoming what God wants us to be. If there's areas in your life you know that you haven't surrendered to the Lord, 
and God has been dealing with, the, with you with those things. And come on up. There's no need to fight. There's no need to resist. The Spirit of God is here uh, to help us today. You want to help us. Church is here because we need one another. We need one another to grow. We need one another to advance. Some of you, you know in some ways in your heart that you're supposed to be further than where you are right now. You're talking about spiritual growth. You're supposed to be further than where you are right now, but you realize that, that you're not. This is a chance to come up and start fresh with God. Every time we have an altar call, it's an opportunity to start fresh. It's an opportunity to start fresh with Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you see those who are at the altar here this morning, God. They publicly, Father, they come to acknowledge, God, that there are some areas in their life that they haven't truly and fully surrendered to you, Lord. There are some things that's been holding them down and holding them back. God, I thank you for their courage, Lord. You said that him who confesses sins or he who confesses is open with you, that you would grant mercy and grace. Father, we thank you for being open with us. And we thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that what you're doing in these ladies today, Lord God, is something that is being built for eternity. God, I pray in the name of Jesus, that you would strengthen them. I pray, God, that you would give them clarity of soul, clarity of heart, and clarity of mind. Father, I pray that whatever is trying to hold them back, that they would gain victory over it, Lord. Because, Lord, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so, God, I thank you. We thank you today that we have been set free by the blood of the Lamb. God, I thank you, Lord God, that by their coming up here this morning, Father, they are saying that they want to move on to maturity in you, that they want to go further. They want to run faster. They want to go further, run faster, Father God, for you. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would grant them that grace, Lord. Grant them the grace that they need to be able to be all that they can be. With your help, God, all things are possible. Our trust is in you, Lord. Bless them, Lord God. Cover them by your grace. And, Father, we'll look up. Father, in six months, the next year from now, we'll see marked growth. We'll see a change because of this moment when they came up before all of heaven in the presence of omnipotence and on holy ground to acknowledge and confess that they're ready to go to the next level. I pray that you would help them to do that and accomplish that. No fear, no doubt, just a steady trust in you and a steady diet. God, we love you for it. And Lord, I pray for those who are sitting in the audience today that perhaps they didn't come and they should have come. Lord, you know where we all are. And God, I pray that this word will not, uh, Lord God, be a word that we kind of point in the direction of other people. But I pray that every one of us, Lord, will look at ourselves and see where we really are. Some of us, Lord God, continue manipulative and deceitful ways. We're still struggling with the elementary things, Lord, and you, we know what you've told us to do, but we continue to do it anyway. God, we're ready to move. We're tired. We're tired, God. We're tired of the struggle. We're tired of going through the same thing over and over again. We're tired of keep repenting from dead works. We're just tired. God, we can't, we can't out-wrestle you. We can't keep kicking against the bricks. Lord, we ain't but one thing to do. That is absolute surrender. So, Lord God, 
I just pray, Lord. I just want those at the altar, just lift your hands before the Lord. And just repeat this simple phrase after me. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Lord Jesus, I surrender to you. Your will be done in Jesus' name. Father, you heard that simple prayer. That will make all the difference. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise, if you will. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet. If anybody else needs prayer, we are here to pray with you and encourage you in your walk with God. Amen. Uh, once again, um, I, I'm always excited to share uh, with you. And I'm always excited to come and, and be a part of you to share and to grow together. And uh, we certainly need your prayers. You know, we do a lot of praying. And sometimes, you know, I, I hope that I never, ever give the impression uh, that I don't need your prayers um, because I do need your prayers. And we all, we all are in this together. There are nobody who have figured it all out on their own. Nobody. I don't care how good they look. I don't care how intellectual they are. We need each other. And so I need you. So I need you to pray for us, and uh, we'll be perfectly fine. And just remember just to pray for my wife. She, don't, she probably don't need any calls right now because she's been getting a whole bunch of them. So just uh, you know, a lot of prayers, and if you need to get a message to her, please share with me, communicate with me, and I can kind of uh, filter that out. Uh, tomorrow is her birthday, uh, so you know that kind of adds to it a little bit. So you know she's going to be dealing with that. So just just keep her in your prayers, Amen. And thank you guys for being a support, and uh, and really special thanks to uh, Crystal. Uh, she got uh, called at the last moment uh, to go in and do the kids ministry, and so. Uh, she said she was excited, and I saw her earlier, so I want to see if she 